You can actually clap for that. That'd be all right. They, they did that without their keyboardist who had to leave in the middle of our services to go take care of an emergency. So they're doing some stellar work up here. My, my name is Blair. I'm glad you're at Waypoint here today. It's not easy to be me. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you're more logical, right? Have you ever thought it's not easy to be me? Or maybe you're in a camp that doesn't give yourself permission to think that way because you look around and there are people who are doing far worse than you are and you would never want to think that you're in a bad spot. So that, that thought's never crossed your mind. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll come at it this way. As that song started, said um, the thing that he was trying to find was the better part of him. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you are living the best parts of your life consistently. Imagine if I got into a conversation with you. Many of you would say yes, but I bet you there would be a similar um, vein around the whole room. It would, be, it would sound something like this. Life is going pretty well, ex- except for this, like, this one thing, this one thing that just keeps driving me nuts. This one temptation in my life that just keeps rearing its head. This one, like I have this emotional outburst and I'd like to control it and I'm I'm trying, but boy, stuff happens and it just comes out of me. Or maybe it's, no, it's, it's past the temptation for me, man. I have a desire and I act on it. And before I know it, I've done something that I don't wanna do. Or I've set a boundary for myself. I have certain foods I don't wanna eat and all of a sudden, I have, or I have this standard for, I want, I want to cut down my screen time. I'm trying to find a way to be more healthy. And so you start down a path, and for a short time, you feel like you've got some success. And then it fizzles, and you find yourself over and over and over again fighting this one thing, and it's driving you nuts, and you wonder why. Why? Is it the circumstances that I'm in? Is it how I was raised? Is it, in, in essence, what you're asking? Is there, is there something about me? Because it doesn't seem like it's easy to be me. Even with just one thing going wrong in your life. Now, if you want to have an interesting conversation with a group of friends, throw this question out. Ask them, do you think people can really change? I have discovered that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this this question, and they're willing to share. And almost all of them are on the side of, I don't think people can change based on either experience they've had or what they've gone through. They don't think people can change. And it's not surprising because if you pay attention in our culture, We lean to the negative. We have all kinds of phrases we throw around and use. They become so common, I could give you half of the phrase and you could complete it. Let's do a test. Let's try this. A tiger doesn't change its... Once a liar... You know, it's it's really nice if you think you hold some moral high ground 
when you say something like that. Like when we say once a liar, always a liar, and you're not the liar. But what does the person who fails do in that situation? Like they're trapped. There's no way out. There's, there's no way past the struggle that they're getting in. I actually, um, I actually got online. I, wanted, I was curious to know, is this really that widespread? And I found a website where people were having this conversation. And I wrote down, people were so bold about their beliefs, they were writing down statements and signing their names to them. So th- th- these are things, these are normal people who were exchanging and had like bold things to say about this idea of whether you or I can change. I want you to see a few of these. People don't change. They just have momentary steps outside of their true character. It's why you can have this moment where it feels like I'm being successful and then it, it peters out, it goes away, and you don't have it. What I want you to do is you see these. I want you to ask, do these resonate with you? Do you think, yeah, I think that's correct? Or do you think, nah, I'm not sure I buy into that? Okay, let's do another one. What's the bottom line, Jody? Is that people don't change. That no matter how charming you are and how fiercely you love, you cannot turn a person into something she's not. Look, if we were talking about your personality, I might agree. But she's not. She is talking about the character stuff at the core of who you are and suggesting that you are who you are. Look at this one. People don't change at their core. If you're a good person, you're a good person. What changes is our behavior. I'll tell you what, this is really bad news for this group because what the scriptures say about every one of us is that we would not make it into the good person category. Not one of us. We've all fallen short of what God has in mind for us. So there's, there's no good, which means we are trapped in some place where at best you can fool around with your behavior, but you won't change your character. One more. No matter where I go, I still end up me. What's missing never changes. The scenery may change, but I'm still the same incomplete person. The same missing elements torture me with a hunger that I can never satisfy. I think that lack itself is as close as I'll come to defining myself. That's dark. It's not just that you have some gaps and holes in your life. His belief is that those gaps and holes, if they were to go away, you couldn't actually be the person that you are. You're relying on your failures and your mess-ups to actually make you a complete person. Now here's the thing, I, I guess I have seen both sides of this argument at times. I would tell you if I'm looking at human nature, I would say, uh, we're not very warm to change. Like generally, as a, like, we're not into it. In any way, shape, or form in our lives, we don't want change. So I, I could understand where you would see that, but at the same time, I, I know people who were alcoholics, who were cruel and violent, who were narcissistic, selfish people. And they aren't anymore. And at the same time, the part that makes this complicated is I will, I will have one of those friends of mine who's an 
alcoholic look at me and say, yes, I'm not anymore, but I want you to know I'm still an alcoholic. Like it hovers under the surface of my life. And if I let my guard down, I'm in trouble. And so that raises the question, did they really change? Or is it just behavior? Now the reason, the reason I'm, I'm bringing all of this up is because we started a series last week. And it was called Origin Story. We started it at Easter. And the premise is this, what happened on Easter created a a seismic change in your life. In fact, the way we described it is what happened when you connect with Jesus. When When I'm talking about this, I mean you decide to accept his forgiveness. You decide to adopt his values. You decide that his way of living is more important than your way of living. Instead of choosing your dark path, You choose his. And by doing so, it alters who you are. So radical that it's like getting bit by a radioactive spider. Like it changes you at the core. You end up with things that I'm going to call superpowers. You can do things that other people cannot do. One of those. One of those incredible things that you can do because of what happened at Easter has to do with changing and being different. So I want to take you to the text and I want to show you what the scriptures actually say about this, say about who you are. And I want you to understand what's going on in your life so that you can make some wise choices about what you're going to do. So I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 5.17. It's a very popular verse. It gets quoted a lot. And it uses some phraseology that Paul uses all through the text. He says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. You see this motif, old, like an old self, old creature, and a new one. All through the scriptures. Paul uses it here. It's in Romans. You're going to find it in Ephesians. You're going to find it in Colossians. It was a common way that he talked about this. That for you, when you look at your life, you're made up of two parts. One that's this old thing and one that's a new thing that God's doing in you. Um, Some of the translations say you're a new creature. When I was growing up, everybody said you were a new creature, which sounded kind of creepy. It sounded like something that was coming out of the Black Lagoon on, like on a full moon, right? You're like, is, did something transform in me like I'm somewhat of a monster? No, what they were trying to get at was that at the core of who you are, there was an actual opportunity for you to be transformed. You could be changed at that level And so I want to help you understand what that's about. But before I leave here, I want to take you to a section of Scripture where it talks about it even more in depth. But I want you to notice how this happens. What does he say? If anyone is in Christ. That's, That's the boundary. If you find yourself in Christ, the stuff that I'm going to talk about is available for you. And if you're not, it's not. And you'll understand why by the time we get to the end. I want to take you to Colossians chapter 3. This is another 
section of scripture where Paul talked about this sense of having an old self and a new self. Like, what do I do with all of this sort of stuff? And he says this. He's going to create some pictures that we're going to have to understand. In verse 3, he says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Wait. I thought I signed up to follow Jesus so that I could live. Why in the world do I have to die? See, you have to understand, when you decide to identify with Jesus, when you say, it's your will, it's your way, it's your values, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to accept your forgiveness, you're identifying with the whole story. And the whole story is this, the way we chose to live Jesus had to die for. He had to go to the grave for that. Yes, it's not the end of the story, but I'm telling you what, you were with him every step of the way because you were the reason he was there. So when we say, I identify with Jesus, I'm I'm following him, you're identifying with his death too, with the whole thing, you're a part of that. And he says, listen, um, he has this phrase, Because of this identity, you are now hidden in Christ. Now, I I have a picture that I want to show you that I think explains this very well. And I didn't think I would have to explain the picture until um, warm-ups. And we showed it. And Luis is like, here, I'll show you. Luis is like, that's a chicken with a lot of legs. (laughs) No, this does not make buffalo wild wings happy, right? This is the best thing that ever happened to them. No, this is a chicken that has a bunch of chicks under it that is kind of shielding. Now, this picture is kind of cool, except it it can lead to some misunderstanding because we know that we can be hidden in Christ, covered. And what we think that means sometimes is that he's gonna protect me from everything bad in this world. But we know that's not true. The scriptures actually say if you choose to follow Jesus, it can be a hard path. You're going to run into things that are difficult. That's to be expected. The covering is for the one thing that you can't deal with on your own. And that's what happens when God looks at you. See, when God looks at you, he sees Jesus covering you. He doesn't see the mess that you have in your heart. He doesn't see all the garbage and junk that you did. Because you've accepted uh, the identity with Jesus, you become covered. God sees Jesus when he looks at you, which gives you some freedom to actually do some stuff that you have never been able to do before in your life. You have choices. And the scriptures go on and talk about it. The scriptures go on and say, listen, verse 5. Now... Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he goes on and gives a list. All of these things that we sometimes get caught up in. Saying, listen, you actually have a shot at going and putting that old self to death. Do it. And then he says this in verse 7. And listen how he talks about this. This is past tense. He says this. You used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. This is all past tense stuff. 
How can that be? It's because you're hidden in Christ. Let me just make this as clear as possible. Before that happens, you have no ability to really change who you are. It's why our culture is running around looking at people and saying they really can't change. It's really just temporary. They're really just their flaws. You know why they're saying that? Because without that covering, you don't have the capacity, you don't have the will, you don't have what it takes to actually change who you are in a way that would allow God to connect with you. So you can't change. But the moment this happens, it all changes. See, it goes from, this, this is your choice right now without God. Choice A or choice A. No, Blair, that's not a choice. That's exactly right. You keep repeating the same habits. You keep thinking the same thoughts. You keep going down the same dark paths. Because that's who you are. And then God comes along and says, because you are hidden in Christ and I see you differently, you now have a choice. You could go with A or B. See, the text talks about us without Christ as being slaves. Like we're just, we're just pulled around by our human nature, getting us to do whatever we do. And yet, he's like, that's your old self. That's messed up. All that, all that happens there when your choice is A or A is that you, you end up with a rotten life. And the only thing that saves you is that fortunately there are people around you who are better at being rotten than you are. Like, they're great at it. They're, they're terrible human beings and you can pick them out. Right? And you can look at them and go, at least I'm not that bad. At least I haven't sunk that low. At least I haven't said those things. And you can make yourself feel better temporarily. But it's going to wear off. Because who you are is trapped in a cycle and a circle and it keeps taking you down the wrong path over and over again. And your only hope, the only hope is that you place yourself in Christ. You get an A or a B choice. That's what happens. Now, I, I don't know about you, but most people would look at people and say, I've tried. Like, I've tried really hard. This is good news that I can change. I know as a follower of Jesus that that's a possibility for me, so I've gone out and I've done it. And I've given a really good burst of energy. And then it falls off. And so I've given another good burst of energy. I know I can do this. So I keep trying. And I get to a place where I'm just tired. I've made a, I'm tired of acting the way I don't want to act. I'm tired of thinking the things I don't want to think. I'm tired of spending money in a way I don't want to spend it. I'm tired of looking at that thing that I don't want to look at anymore. I don't want that, but I keep doing it. I'm tired of talking that way. I'm tired of eating that way. I'm tired of comparing myself to somebody else. I'm tired of the sadness that I'm trying to unload from my life. And despite the good news that I know that I can change, 
I keep running into the same cycle, and it's discouraging. And at one level or another, you're tempted to think that what all of those people say about you, that you can't change, is true. Been fighting this for years. It's still here. I guess I really can't be any different. I wonder if you feel like the guy I'm about to show you in this video clip. Um, he spends his whole life trying to control this internal thing that's going on with him. And he counts it as success for controlling that. And no matter how hard he tries, he seems to lose control. And you're going to see a moment in there where somebody pleads with him, just one more, you can do it, like, you can stop this. And then it just breaks loose. I want you to see if you can identify with any of this yourself. Do you feel like this about that one area in your life? Oh. Bruce, you gotta fight it. This is just what Loki wants. You're gonna be okay, listen to me. You hurt? We're gonna be okay, right? I swear on my life, I will get you out of this. You will walk away and never ever- Your life! trying to appeal to the better part of him. I wish I didn't identify with that little video clip. But when I was younger, I fed my life a steady diet of anger. I'm sure I had other emotions, but I just turned them all into anger because at least I understood that one and I knew what to do with it. And so really, I thought all I felt was that. And I used it for everything. And as I became more and more serious about my desire to follow Jesus, I knew that it was wrecking relationships and causing problems. And so I would go to work. And I would have short bursts of good activity. And then I'd be back to it again. And back to it again. And back to it again. And it was frustrating. It, it was to the point where you started to wonder, I know what the scriptures say, that you, you gave me this new self. Like you put this in the core of me. I have options. But why is it that I can't tap into it? Is it me? Am I broken? I was uh, going through one of those battles one time when God gave me some insight that changed the way I think about all of this, and I want to share this with you guys. Um, it had been another failure, another 
outburst of anger that was unkind, unjustified, um, controlling, whatever. I used it for all sorts of things. And I was deeply frustrated. And I was considering just, um, maybe I should just give up. This is just who I am. And it was in that moment um, that God kind of revealed to me that I had it all wrong. See, I had been looking at the fight and the struggle and the battle that was going on inside me as some sort of indication that something was wrong in my heart. And God, God was looking at this going, this is the first time in your life I've given you a chance to live differently. Of course it's going to be a battle. Of course there's going to be a fight. What I see there when there's wrestling, when there's turmoil, when you're struggling, is you're attempting to do something that you couldn't do before. This is a good thing. You ought to lean into this and be excited. In fact, listen, this is the way the scriptures talk about this. This is Colossians, same chapter, verse 9. He says this, Do not lie to each other. Is still part of that list of the things you should get rid of. Since you have not taken off, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Do you see that? There's a process here. You actually get to peel this thing off. What are you peeling off? Practices, habits that you have. There's an opportunity for you to unload, unburden, struggle with, get to a different kind of life. But it's a process. It's a painful process. In verse 10, it goes on and says, and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed. So there's two things that's going on. You're in the process of taking off this one way that you've learned to do this thing in your life, and you're taking on a new. You're renewing. Have you ever, the, the, the word renewal makes me think of like a restoration project. Have you ever taken something really old and restored it? Uh, most people don't do that anymore. It's easier to take that piece of junk and throw it away and buy something new. Why would you ever restore something? Because you believe it has an underlying value to it. My friends, this is really important for you to grab. God thinks you are worth it to restore, to renew, to rebuild. He's in the process with you. He's in there. He's given you a new self. He's hidden you in Christ so that you can wrestle and struggle and go for it. You can actually change. You can do what you need to do. You can participate in the renewal. And because of that, you will see progress. Not instant, not perfect, progress. Which might lead you to ask, so Blair, have you had any progress? And I would tell you, I, I, think, I think the words of my alcoholic friends, the picture of that Bruce Banner kind of fighting this inner thing is pretty close to who I am. Like, I, I had a lifetime of anger, and so now I just store it underneath the surface. And I can tap into it anytime I want. And what I've noticed is that when I get tired, it's easy to go to. 
When I feel insecure, it's easy to go to. If I feel hurt, it's easy to go to. And so I'm, I'm learning what it is that causes me to reach for that tool instead of the person that God wants me to be. But I, here's what I think you could do. I think you could go to my wife and say, Tracy, Blair and his anger, tell me. And she'll start by saying, he's a pistol. Like, she'll give it to you straight. He's got issues. But if you said, frequency and intensity, have you seen that change over time? I guarantee you she would say yes. Why? It's not because I'm perfect. It's because I've decided to enter into the struggle. And instead of seeing the struggle as this terrible thing that means I'm a failure, it means I'm in the fight. What I'm concerned about is that some of you as followers of Jesus, you've made the choice, I'm going to sacrifice, like I'm going to accept his sacrifice, I'm going to follow him. But you've looked around at a culture that believes that you can't change and you've seen a lot of people who don't seem to be able to change and you might have started thinking that way about yourself. You might have started thinking that way about yourself because you understood what the scripture says that you were given a new self and you've tried and you've battled and you've worked but you keep finding yourself going back in that same cycle of things and you're wrestling with it over and over and you've started to consider that maybe you can't change and that's not what's happening. What's happening is that you finally entered the battle you're finally exercising a choice that you never had before in your life. Honestly, my friends, listen, it's a superpower. You have the ability to change. When people around you without Christ are stuck in the cycles and patterns that they are going to live with for the rest of their lives and into eternity, you don't have to do that. You, you, you have a different path. You have a different opportunity. The only question is, Will you take this gift given to you by God at Easter to hide you in Christ, to cover you so that you can do the hard work without being concerned whether God loves you, cares about you, accepts you? That's done. Now go fight and look at it as the one, like this positive thing that's happening in your life that you never had a chance to do before. You can change. You can change. You can do it. In Christ, you can do it. Stop giving up. Come to the fight. Search for the better part of you alongside Jesus. Can I just mention this? That one of the saddest things that happens when you decide to give up this fight is that you miss out on the connection that you experience with Jesus in the fight. If you want to develop a deeper relationship with God, then go to work with him under that covering. Go to work. Wrestle, struggle, fight. And your relationship will grow deeper because of it. And you will be changed just from doing that. But it's possible. And my friends, if you'll pursue it, that could be your life. 
Can I pray with you? God, I think we all have a desire to find the better part of us. I mean, we'd like that. It'd be good. And yet too many times we give up. We give up the wrestling because it's hard. It's embarrassing to keep failing. Just give up and hide it. But God, you want to drag this stuff out in the open. You want us to go to war because you've given us a new core but it requires us ripping off the old and putting on the new. It's, it's, act, it's action. Would you give us the courage to step into the lives we're always meant to live? Will you help us to not just give up thinking it's just not easy to be me, but to realize that's an invitation to be somebody that we could never be before without you. Thank you for your covering. May it change the way we live and think and struggle. In Jesus' name, amen.